When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, I'm Dominique, Dr. Leaf's podcast producer and daughter. Today's episode is taken from an interview Dr. Leaf did recently on Dr. Ben Edwards' show, You're the Cure. In this interview, Dr. Leaf and Dr. Ben discuss how to make stress work for you and not against you. Epigenetics, how neuroplasticity works, how quantum physics affects your mental health, and so much more. Before we begin... I want to give a shout out to everyone who has left a review and subscribed to this podcast. We love reading your reviews. Like this one review from a listener. I love listening to Dr. Leaf's podcast and following all of her content. She gives practical tips backed by her expertise and research to help us live better lives. I'm a strong believer that if we can't help ourselves, we can't help anyone else. So if you love this podcast, please consider leaving a review, subscribing, sharing with friends and family, and on social media. Now, back to today's episode. I want to jump in first, give you the opportunity to share with our listeners how you got to where you are today. Um, Not everybody, I don't think, grows up thinking of being a neuropsychologist. So can you share a little bit of your journey and what brought you to where you are today and what you're studying today? Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, well, basically, I started off very young as a, with, as a very young child with a tremendous interest in the mind and the brain. And it just it just grew, you know, it, it kind of just grew. By the time I went to university, I actually went to, was going to go to medical school and then got into a degree called a BSc Logopedics that they don't actually offer anymore because of just the just it was the challenge of it they they kind of squished a seven year degree into four years so that makes any sense it sort of was the pressure was insane but I am so thrilled that I got that exposure because it exposed me to the mind brain connection and neuroscience and we had to do part medicine as well and so I had an incredible basic training which then launched me into a ongoing research career where I did my master's and PhD in the same sort of areas crossing many fields of from from neuroscience to medicine to neuropsychology to psychoneuroimmunology to epigenetics it, it was just a it was a very interesting cross section so when people say what did you study in one it's not like it's not as easy to explain in one thing but basically I'm a cognitive neuroscientist and um, I have been researching this whole mind brain thing for 30 years now and just very very excited about the fact that as as humans, we really have got a lot more ability to deal with stuff, the good and the bad, and that the bad is when we manage the bad properly, it's not as bad as it seems, and, and there's ways of processing and embracing, and, and just that you, as you think, your mind changes your brain, and, and to link it to your introduction, epigenetics is foundational, and your, as you say, nutrition is, is so important. But your thought is the main signal that is driving epigenetics. So if you don't get our mind right, we can eat really well, but our digestive system won't be functioning as well as you know. I mean, you know all this. I'm speaking to the choir when I speak to you. But essentially, from the work that I've done, is that if you don't get your mind right, you can lose up to 80% of that great, organic, sustainable, local farm-to-table food that you're busy eating right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sitting here in a state of lack of peace or frustration or jealousy or you're just not dealing with traumas and that kind of stuff. And it's just not trained enough um, out there. We, we get such a strong message of, you know, positive affirmations and the happiness culture and, you know, seeking after, you know, putting Band-Aid approaches, as I basically call them. And it's so much deeper. We, we have to do the work of, of the mind. And, and that's what's driven me. And I currently still do clinical trials where we look at non-pharmacological intervention for mind issues, mind management, mental health, depression, illness, from the angle of those are not illnesses. They're related to how we're dealing with our mind. And then, you know, just if I may just jump, I know this is a lot, a long answer, and, and we can unpack it. But I want to just address the, one of the, the, just link in the epigenetics in your, in your 
the statement that you made about diet nutrition being very important and holistic and your four pillars and just the whole link and epigenetics and the angle that you take in your practice and link it into my research. One of the things that I've done is look at the non-conscious and conscious mind and the physical, that mind-brain connection. And what I have found, and it's not just me, there's a, there's a lot of us, not as many as I'd love, but there are scientists in this domain that, that are starting to understand the power of what the non-physical actually is. So your mind is actually 99% who you are, and your brain and your body are 1%. And that's more or less. Obviously, you know, we, we're giving a rough estimate. Um, but that what that means is that your mind and your brain and body are separate. And you have this interaction between them. So they're equally as important, which means you have to address nutrition, and you have to address exercise, and you have to address the whole person. But your mind, you are not your brain, and nor are you your body. And your mind works through your brain and through your body. And your body and brain respond. Your brain is responding on an electrical, chemical, genetic, and quantum level to whatever you're thinking about. So if the 99% is chaotic, then it, is, it does mean that the majority of the signals going through your brain and your body are chaotic. And that creates quite a lot of conflict in terms of physical mind, uh, physical brain function, body function, there's a definite reaction right down to the on the, the blood, the telomeres, the chromosome, the the everything. I mean, everything as you know yourself gets affected. So we can't just address one thing. And we have a very quick fix mentality in this day and age. We okay, I'll just try and read light, or I'll just take this vitamin B12, or I'll just do this diet, or I'll just do five minutes of exercise a day. We can't just do the external physical or say ten affirmations and then it's all going to be okay. It's a lot more work than that, and it's a lot more comprehensive, and it's a lot more of a lifestyle concept. Right. Long answer. You're welcome to unpack. <laughs> well, that was a great answer. Thank you. I want to go back to, because I think people can really understand this. I'll use the term fight or flight mode. When you're stressed, you, you said, um, I think, jealousy or anger and anxiety are di different emotions, but that um, cause us to shift into that fight or flight mode. So for the listeners, I'll remind them, sympathetic with an S, and stress with an S. You, your body can run in this sympathetic mode, that's a fight or flight, or in parasympathetic with a P, P for peace. And if you think about back in the day, you know, 200 years ago, you're hiking down the trail in the mountains and a, a mountain lion comes across your path, you need to flip into fight or flight mode to, to kill the mountain lion or run away from him. But that is just for a few minutes. That's maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. And when you flip that fight or flight mode switch on, you're shunting your your physical body's energies are shunted to the the parts of you, the organs that need to do the work. So your heart beats faster, your pupils dilate, your muscles tense up, you're ready to run and fight. So all those systems turn on. The systems that turn off are the ones you don't need in that five minutes to save your life. So that's your your gut, your your digestive system, your immune system, your hormone system. Those three systems gut, immune, and hormone are the three systems that most patients that walk in my door are having extensive trouble with because we're in this chronic fight-or-flight mode, or, or way too much at least. And so my question to you, Dr. Leaf, is how much of your work is um, showing that, that just that sympathetic dominance, fight-or-flight mode, stress response, cortisol goes up, that blocks the thyroid, you know, shuts down your stomach um, peristalsis, just the physical hormonal chemical shifts that happen from from fight or flight mode, you know, that's one piece of it. Um, but is that it? Is there deeper um, pieces to this um, lack of peace? You've asked, you've asked such a fantastic, fantastic question. Um, and I can answer that. I can spend about five hours answering, but let me give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, it's so, that link is so real. So, to start off with the stress response, as we all know, the stress response is such a familiar thing. But actually, stress um, is good for us, and you, you know, you know that as well. It's good for you, but it's all based on your perception. So, if you perceive stress as being bad for you, so the minute your body goes, and, you know, your HPA axis kicks in, and your body goes into the heart pounding, adrenaline pumping mode, very often people panic and they think this is bad because there's been such a strong media message that stress kills you. But it's not actually stress that kills you. It is the your perception of stress that kills you. So it's if you perceive that heart pounding, adrenaline pumping is bad for you, your body then starts to work against you instead of for you. 
And then then we have an issue because now instead of the more or less 1,400 neurophysiological responses that start working in your body as we go through the day-to-day reactions of life, um, they instead of them working for you, they start working against you. And as you said so clearly, instead of getting a balance between our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, we now get an imbalance. And that has a cascade effect with our chemicals, our hormones, everything inside of in everything in our body, right down to the way that our short, medium, and long-term genes are expressing in any one moment. So that thought also very fast speeds. You know, we often hear about neurons firing and electrical chemical speeds, um, and it, it, we, we see a lot in the media about neurons and brain, and um, we see that what we don't hear enough of is the speed of thought. And the speed of thought is, is way beyond the speed of the firing of the neurons in the brain. The neurons in the brain are firing at actually quite slow speeds in comparison to how fast your thoughts will impact your entire body, your entire gut system, your immune system, your the, the genetic expression, your cardiovascular system, the gut the gut biome, everything, all the all the areas that you've been, that you've mentioned and, and everything else in the physical body. It's instantaneous, it's at quantum speeds. So, therefore, the full impact of our responses to the daily stressors of life is vital to manage. And it's in a shift of a second, in a moment of time, you can make those 1,400 neurophysiological responses work for you instead of against you, which means on a very, very simplistic level, but an easy level to understand, um, are the, the blood flow, the, the, the blood vessels around your heart will dilate. So we're going to have more blood, blood and oxygen flowing to the brain. And as we know, that's vital for focused thinking, for efficient functioning and so on. If we see stress as bad for us and we get caught up in the physical reaction, then as we know, we're going to get an imbalance between the sympathetic and parasympathetic and all those 1,400 neurophysiological responses will work against us instead of for us instantaneously and our blood vessels around our heart will constrict instead of dilating, which means less blood flow to the brain and less oxygen to the brain. And all of that has this cascade effect through the body affecting everything, gut biome, immune system, hormones, everything. Now, it's not all bad because we think, I don't, I don't want you to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to die today. Fortunately, our minds are so powerful that in an instant of a second, we can say, okay, that's fine. I embrace the situation. And this is so important. This is the key. And it takes a second is to embrace the situation. I'm in a crisis or I'm facing a crisis or I'm having an emotional traumatic moment or I'm in a state of extreme anxiety. I'm in a panic attack. It's not to deny it. It's to embrace. It's to acknowledge. As soon as you acknowledge, you start making something more manageable. Major shifts occur inside your brain. Resilience improves. Certain genetic switches switch on. Certain hormones start changing in how they flow. Neurotransmitters start changing. And you start shifting your perception. And just by saying things to yourself like, okay, I feel this. And it's okay, this heart pounding, adrenaline pumping, feeling like my heart's going to jump out of my chest, my face is going red, my body's tensing up. This is good. This is good for me. This means that I am actually going to be able to focus on the situation. I'm going to be able to, and this is a term I use a lot, freak out in the love zone, mm-hmm. which is cry, scream, shout, but you're not in denial. You're in acceptance. So you're in an embracing of this moment and an embracing of your body reactions, and that shifts the complete functioning of your brain and your body, which then sets up a very positive feedback loop between the mind and the brain, which is what you want. Because even though it's not going to make everything go away, even though you're still going to maybe cry those tears and shout and scream and do whatever it is, or have, you know, maybe even have a panic attack, and but you can control that too. There's techniques for doing that. The big thing is you've got to get down-regulate your parasympathetic nervous system, restore the balance, and by embracing, by that mental shift of embracing this moment and saying it's okay, this is actually good for me you have an instantaneous shift in the physical reaction. When that happens, you can then start dealing with that situation one small piece at a time. Right. So it's it's really almost what kind of goggles or what interpretive um, sunglasses are you wearing when these circumstances come in your life and this response is, is, happens in the body, in the physical body. Just the acknowledgement of it, but the acknowledgement of it in a way that's um, 
lines up with the truth, which is it's okay. This is, God designed my body this way. Now let's use this to to focus on what's really going on. And and I all the time with my patients, I'll tell them, you know, if they're believers, I'll quote scripture and remind them that all things work for the good. So if all is all, that means that bad letter from the IRS or the fight you had with your spouse or your boss yelled at you or got demoted or whatever the quote-unquote bad situation is happening in your life. It, foundationally, if your belief is lined up with that biblical scripture, then you you take captive that thought and you understand this is going to be for my benefit. This is actually good. And, and God's designed my body to, to and has equipped me to handle this, but it, it starts with that thought and that understanding. Absolutely. And, you know, this, as you're doing that, as you line up with the correct way of thinking, you, even though you may not get your solutions immediately, you're in a state, you know, in a state of mind and in a state of body where you can actually start identifying and getting more wisdom for what the solutions would be. So just taking, you know, the concept of renewing the mind and bring all thoughts into captivity. All those, that, that's, those two are such key, key phrases in the Bible that for me are key to, honestly, to turning this whole situation around. Because we, it, it's such a, it's so, it, those scriptures, as you know, Ben, are quoted so often. But do people really understand what they mean? Because essentially, if you look at the concept of renewing, uh, ends with an ing. And even if you go back in the history of the word, etc., you'll see that, that it's not a it's not a one off situation. We as humans are supposed to have a lifestyle of constantly self regulating, which is what renewing of the mind is. Self regulating the way we are thinking, the way we are feeling and the way we are choosing. And thinking, feeling and choosing is mind. Mind and mind is that ninety nine percent Part of you, so it's your spiritual part. So in science, we talk about it being the non-physical, conscious and unconscious mind. Spiritually, we talk about it being the spiritual nature, and that spiritual nature is 99% of who you are. And your spiritual nature is driven by this phenomenal power that we have, to, as thinking beings made in the image of a thinking God. We're brilliant. We are able to think as we think, we feel as we feel, we choose. So thinking, feeling, and choosing go together. We're doing them at 400 billion actions per second on an unconscious level. At 40 times a second consciously, we, but we are on, an, on a subconscious level. On a conscious level, we're aware of our thinking, feeling, and choosing every 10 seconds. If we self-regulate that thinking, that conscious thinking moment, then we are actually going to be bringing all thoughts into captivity. So I know this is a mouthful, but if you just look at the logic here, we instructed to be in a state of renewing, which means self-regulation. You're supposed to be regulating how you're thinking, feeling, and choosing and lining it up with truth all the time, not just now and then, all the time as a lifestyle. So part of that thinking, feeling, and choosing is that you build thoughts. You think, you feel, you choose. As you think, feel, and choose, you build thoughts. Where do you build them? into your non-conscious 99% and into your physical structure of your brain. So you're creating physical matter as you think, feel, and choose. So the spiritual creates physical. That physical thought becomes the root of your words and your actions. If your thoughts, thinking, feeling, and choosing 99% spiritual part of you is aligning with the principles of love, all the stuff that we know to be true, peace, joy, patience, etc., that pillar of peace, etc., if they're lining up with that, that means that the signal epigenetically through your brain and body shifts and changes. So then you bring that back to bring all thoughts into captivity. So all means all. And so the key word in both of those scriptures or concepts are all and ing, I-N-G, which means constantly doing. So we're supposed to be leading a lifestyle that is self-regulated constantly. And that means bring every thought into captivity. We think somewhere between 8,000 and 180,000 thoughts a day. I don't know how many it is. We guess as scientists and we estimate. So the average that you'll hear being quoted is about 30,000, which is fairly accurate. Um, and if you had to just bring 30,000 thoughts into captivity, and a thought being the result of your thinking, feeling, choosing, that means that you would have to be connecting with wisdom every 10 seconds, so six times a minute. We see from neuroscience that this is actually possible. Neuroscience tells us how the brain works in response to the mind. It doesn't tell us that the brain produces the mind. That's the wrong way around. Neuroscience actually tells us how the brain responds to the mind. So we see that neuroscientifically that the brain is actually responding to the mind 
every 10 seconds. So if you think of that, that is unbelievably powerful. As humanity, our human condition is, is such that we are able to self-regulate every 10 seconds. And in doing that, you really activate your color of peace that you talk about in your practice because it means that you are living this lifestyle. Now, you just think of the average person. That's not happening. The average person is so bombarded with technology, with the busyness of life, with the daily stresses of life that they've turned their lives into this sort of stress chronicity kind of lifestyle, chronic stress lifestyle, where they bomb, like bombarding their way through the day, responding reactively from one situation to the next in an incredibly um, like disorganized way. And I'm just generalizing. There's always people that don't fit this rule, but I'm talking in general. So that means that we're not living a renewed lifestyle and also not bringing every thought into captivity, which means that you're bombarding your body epigenetically with signals on a quantum electrical, chemical, etc. level that are um, causing all this hormonal immune system gut microbiome disruption. Mm. And then we turn around and we wonder why we're sick. And we think, okay, band-aid approach. I'm going to just take one of Dr. Ben's philosophies and change my diet for a week or and then but nothing else or exercise but nothing else or maybe the two of those factors but they don't stick at it for longer than 10 days or five days or a week but then their mind is still chaotic you have to address mind first and then body and brain and i'm going to stop there but i wanted want you at some point if you'd like to just talk about how this affects sleep because that's a huge one about sleep yeah okay. how this will work with sleep. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I, don't want, I don't know if you want to unpack anything I've said now. Yes, I do want to kind of summarize because that was a lot of awesome information. And in a nutshell, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, but these thoughts, I mean, we can't turn off thinking. We're going to be thinking. Everybody's going to be thinking. It's a matter of what are you thinking about and are you thinking about your thinking or are you controlling those thoughts? Um, so thinking's going to be happening. And it's a matter of, are you letting this wild, chaotic thought process hap- just happen unregulated in your body, in your mind all day long, every day, day after day, um, which I think the standard American for sure is. But your the impact on the physical brain tissue, I mean, your brain is actually changing. And we'll talk about more after the break about neuroplasticity and that we used to think the brain was a static organ, but now we know it's not. And, and you were onto this years ago, um, but it's, how does it change? It gets changed by the mind, all those thoughts. Um, and of course, then the downstream from the brain is the body and all the physical parts below the neck um, that get impacted. So it's, and that's why it goes back to the point I made earlier. I almost will feel guilty sometimes just talking about diet so much because I understand this diet's yeah. really not going to do much if your chaotic thinking um, is not regulated. Um, so it's so Im- impactful on the physical level. And that's what I want to drive home. I want the listeners to understand that the mind and the thinking in the mind impacts the actual physical tissue of the brain and, and the, the physical elements in the body. So we're getting into quantum versus Newtonian. And when we come back from the break, we can kind of talk about that too and what what the difference is there and the shift in thinking there because people have got to make that quantum leap to understand that thoughts, and I think I read this in one of your books, thoughts can actually um, be traced. Disease can be traced. All disease, physical diseases can be traced back. 75 to 95% of all physical disease could be traced back to a thought and a thought can actually impact the, the unwinding of the DNA and, and the genes being expressed. So when we get back from the break, we're going to talk more about the brain neuroplasticity. What does that word mean? And some quantum versus Newtonian. Um, and then we'll get into some actual practical application of this too. So stick with us. We are visiting with Dr. Caroline Leaf. This episode is brought to you by Juve, an at-home red light therapy device. Red light therapy is a powerful, non-invasive treatment which delivers natural wavelengths of light to your skin and cells. Numerous studies have shown red light therapy can be an effective modality that we can use to help heal and improve our mental, cognitive and physical health. It's one of the best things I recommend for optimal health and an integral part of my self-care routine. Head over to juve.com slash Dr. Leaf. That's J. O-O-V-V forward slash D-R-L-E-A-F. And if you use the code Dr. Leaf at checkout, you'll get a nice bonus gift with your purchase. 
You probably know by now that I'm a big fan of infrared saunas, as I've experienced firsthand how just a 30-minute session can instantly boost my mood, detox my body, help ease digestive pain, and help me feel my best. My favorite sauna company is Sunlighten. If you're ready to take your mental and physical health to the next level, I highly recommend Sunlighten. This has truly been a game changer for me. And just for my listeners, you can get $100 off any sauna when you mention Dr. Caroline Leaf. For more details and to get your special offer, check the link in the show notes. Um, so that leads us to the neuroplasticity um, topic. So Dr. Leaf, if you can, explain to our listeners that concept of the, the thought that the brain, the organ, the tissue itself, once it was made, it was made, and it couldn't be changed. Um, talk some about, about that thought process and then how that's changed and what the current research is showing. We, what we thought was correct. Now, I mean, you, you know yourself, we talk about the immune system. It's only recently that they discovered that the brain has its own immune system, and that's very recent. So for a long time, we didn't realize the brain had its own immune system that's connected to the body's immune system. For a long time, we thought that um, so much means so much about how the brain and body functions, and and that relates to neuroplasticity. Back in the 80s, when I started my research, um, it was still very strongly taught. In fact, all my professors, except for a couple of professors taught us in med school and in neuroscience and and all the different subjects I took that your brain can't change and that once you've got damage that's it so you have to just teach your patients to compensate and work around the damage as opposed to a renewal whereas the spiritual philosophy is complete renewal new creation and and we always in genesis moments and you know all the get wisdom and get and all these so it just it didn't ring true also that science was was at that point very limited in how it was looking at humanity and i mean i don't want to go down the history of science and you probably know quite a bit about this but to make this simple super easy i i started questioning that philosophy and i asked my professors but that's not possible we can renew our mind we can change our brain we can you know we can change our thoughts you you're making choices all the time you change as a person so if you change your structure of your brain has to change and i was actually told i was it was a ridiculous question so i and i've done a ted talk on this so you can go and look at my ted talk um tedx sorry um and um the the basic concept is that we we were told that once your brain was damaged it can't change and they were, I was told this was a ridiculous question. So I took people that had the worst brain damage. In the 80s, there was very little research on people with brain damage from car accidents or um, bad sports injuries, like which we call chronic traumatic encephalopathy. For your listeners, CTE, you've probably spoken about it. Um, traumatic brain injury, that kind of thing. There was so little research on it. And it was an area that kind of, well, when you had that damage, people, well, there's nothing you could do, just kind of help them cope. So I thought, let's take this area and let me research this area. That's where I started my work. And I started showing that if you teach people to be very deliberate and intentional about how they focus their attention, how they learn, how they build memory, how they regulate their thought life, all this mind stuff, you are going to see behavioral change. You're going to see an improvement in cognition and social and emotional functioning and everything. And that is exactly what I showed. And then I continued to do research in the area. And 30 years later, I'm still doing that research. And so now, from about the mid-90s, we saw a shift. And that shift was with the advance of brain technology, um, where they started seeing, oh, the brain does respond to the mind. And um, so from the mid-90s, there was an acceptance that the brain could change. So neuroplasticity is this fact that your brain can change that you're, as you think you change your brain, right now as you're listening to this talk at speeds of 10 to the 7, 10 to the 27, which is, it's, it's, so, it's faster than 400 billion actions per second. You are taking the words that you're hearing myself and Dr. Ben speak and you're actually converting those into physical structures made of proteins and chemicals inside your brain. You're building little trees, little sort trees of the words that you're hearing. So you are changing the structure of your brain. So your brain's not the same now as it was when you started talking and you started listening because you've changed the structure of your brain with your mind. Your mind, your thinking, feeling, choosing in response to what you're hearing has created physical thoughts in your brain which has changed the structure of your brain. So you've created matter out of mind. So mind changes matter. 
mind over matter. And, and that's the reality. And that, those thoughts also never stay the same because each day you're experiencing new things, you're learning new stuff, you, you're experiencing life, so you keep changing your thoughts and changing your brain. And that's neuroplasticity. A lot of the world, a lot of the sort of one, there's two, two approaches in science. The one is that what I've been explaining, that your mind is separate from your brain. Your mind works through your brain. Your brain responds to your mind. Your mind's part of the 1%. And with your mind, you change your brain. The other philosophy in science is, has not got, actually got no scientific, solid scientific base, but it's very dominant because it fits a, it fits a nice marketing message, um, is that you are your brain, that your brain produces you and your mind is just a mistake and that you have no free will and you're pre-programmed and that's it. And that's very convenient for just giving people drugs and saying, okay, well, you're depressed, you've got a clinical depression, you're ill, you're a broken brain, you this, you. And so it's a very hopeless and a very damaging philosophy. And it's very dominant and has been very dominant for 50 years and it's and longer, but 50 years specifically. And it's created a whole massive problem in today's current generation where we've seen people dying 15 to 25 years younger than they should, including children from mind management issues, which they don't need to die. It's preventable. It's stuff that's preventable. So we've reached a very interesting point in history where our mind management's got so out of control that people are dying when the advances in medicine and technology and diet and exercise and all these things are so advanced and knowledge is so accessible, yet we have people dying younger and living worse quality lives than they ever have in, in any period in history when it comes to actual the actual emotional of humanity yeah well we're probably bombarded more than any time in history with technology and with thoughts coming in from all different sources and avenues it's it's almost like we need to um, guard our lives and purposefully try to create some space to not be bombarded so much it's hard it's challenging enough to um, be proactive in, in thinking about your thinking without being bombarded like we are these days. Uh, um, I like to really drive home the point, and, and as you can probably see, I'm really trying to lay this foundation for our listeners for hopefully future shows too, um, to get people over this hump and make this quantum leap that we're so much more than physical, um, chemical, which obviously just from the first half of our show, that I think that's clear, but I want to really drive home Newtonian versus quantum and, and help people understand that. Because people think when my blood sugar's high or my blood pressure's high or I have a migraine or whatever the physical symptom or even depression, um, a mental symptom, that there's a physical thing going wrong. And there is some physical things going wrong, but you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I describe it to folks, you know, if you had a microscope and, and could put it on your rash, on your eczema and look at it and go deep enough, you'd see the skin cells and then you go deeper and you would see those cells are made out of... Um, lots of molecules, but those molecules are made of atoms, you know, carbon, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, all these atoms. But then you go deeper, atoms are all made of the same stuff, electrons, protons, and neutrons, these, these particles that are either negatively charged, positively charged, or neutral. And we used to kind of think that was, that was it. That was the bottom of the microscope. Um, that was as far as we could see. Those were the smallest particles, but then it turned out, no, there were subatomic particles and quarks and, and tachyons and all this. I mean, you keep going far enough down, you get to where there's not actually a particle anymore. It's um, vibrational energy. It, it's frequency and wavelengths and, um, you know, like sound. <laughs> and the, there's energies in our world um, and you're move that are invisible and you're moving into this quantum realm where you're beyond particles and you're and when you even think about an atom and an electron proton neutron you know i think people can remember back to science class and we'll say a hydrogen atom you've got the core the nucleus you've got that proton neutron and then buzzing around that orbiting around that nucleus is the electron the negatively charged particle but that whole structure 99% of that space is empty these, the positive and negative charge only take up a very small part of that. Um, so really, we're all mostly empty space, even though this desk and microphone and, and chair looks solid and my skin and my fingernails look solid. It's this empty space full of vibrational frequency and energy. That is quantum. That is getting into the quantum, and that's where we can understand how to connect everything Dr. Leaf is saying, a thought, a word, 
these things can translate and impact the physical because when you go down deep enough, that, that's where all this comes together, where, where you get into how could a word and a thought um, impact my gene being turned on or, or not. And that's where all the action is. So, um, Dr. Leach, do you have any, anything to add to that Newtonian versus quantum uh, Absolutely. Uh, explanation? Beautifully explained, um, Dr. B. Um, so basically, take picking up from where you ended off with the waves, what is easy to understand if you think about looking at yourself in the mirror, you're looking at the, you know, the full human, but there's an, the, at your most foundational level, you are waves, waves of energy. And then that translates back up into the particles and the cells and eventually the physical. So you, you must never look at yourself as just being the physical. You need to see yourself as being the physical, but your biggest part of you, the foundation of you, are these waves of quantum energy that scientists are now starting to get an insight into um, and these waves of energy, they even call them love waves because they are vibrating at frequencies that are um, that bring health. And that's the natural design. The default design is that are at almost fundamental level, these waves of energy that we made up of are vibrating at a frequency, at different frequencies that are healthy. And that we, with our thinking, which is also a frequency, it's also an energy, but it's an intelligent energy from God. So in him we live, move, and have our being. So it's an energy of wisdom. It's, we, we are alive because God is allowing us to, God is connected to God, and God is pouring the energy of life through us. So as you think, feel, and choose, you're drawing on the energy of God, and anything from God is good. So the waves of your default mode of functioning are these good waves. But you can take that thinking, feeling, and choosing and make the wrong choice, and then you disrupt that energy at that level. You disrupt those spaces. And that then translates into affecting everything upwards. And um, so our mind is at this very expansive, hugely complex quantum level. And um, part of the research I did in the series that I developed, and in my book you'll see pictures of this. And we've also now, Dr. Ben, I've got us an app out called Switch where I take all these principles and it's all audio-driven and it's all these five steps and all these principles of how to manage your mind. We've now put them, put, I've now put that into an app, which is an organic developing but it helps you to actually get this mind management that we need to do daily. This every 10 seconds bring the mind into captivity daily. And as you're doing that, you're influencing those spaces. You are influencing how you draw on the connection of God's wisdom. So we can talk, oh, let's get God's wisdom. Let's bring our thoughts into captivity. But how do you do that? You have to manage your mind. As you're managing every thought feeling and choice that you're making and self-regulating that every 10 seconds, you're managing that space and you're keeping that space in the zone that it's supposed to. And then when you step out of wrong decisions, which we're all going to, you don't go into condemnation because that just keeps you locked into the, to the, the bad wave. Um, you actually then say, okay, I embrace. Instead of condemning, I use the condemnation and the guilt and the shame to prompt myself to recognizing why do I feel this? These are signals. How can I change this? That's renewing of the mind. That's being able to acknowledge where we've missed the mark. And as you do that, you shift the waves back again. And you're drawing on that connection to God, that wisdom to God. Now, interestingly enough, quantum physicists have, have found that not only are we made of these waves, but we are at our most foundational level, but we immersed in them as well. And Sir Roger Penrose, who's an Oxford mathematician, he showed through complex mathematics and quantum physics calculations and so on, through years of work, that we are embedded not only of made of waves, but we embedded in the values and ethics of love. We embedded in waves. And this is not anything weird. It's all science. Science is knowledge. It's God's stuff. And let me take this even further. These waves of energy that all have the values of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, which are the fruits of the Spirit, you'll recognize that from Scripture, those are realities that are beautiful, they are energies, and they are the wisdom of God, and, we, and they're in ingredient form. So we're immersed in those. But we have to, through our thinking, feeling, and choosing, access that wisdom. So as we get in a life of prayerfulness, if we're in a state of capturing our thoughts, Staying, renewing our mind, managing our thoughts, embracing, processing, doing what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is face the issue, put it on the cross, rise again. This takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. As we're doing that, we are changing these quantum spaces. And science is advancing so fast in this area of quantum physics that they last year, 
some scientists, physicists won the Nobel Prize on their work on gravitational fields. And gravitational fields are these spaces, are these quantum these quantum waves, these these real things, they're not unreal. So we have reached a time in history where we're starting to really start are starting to understand the power of humans. And the last thing I want to say about quantum because it's never I mean there's so much to say about this field, it's incredible. But the one of the things is that ninety five percent of quantum physicists that are studying these deep questions, philosophical and scientific questions, because they blend. When you get to this level, you're blending spirituality, philosophy, and science. They are believers in the supernatural beings. They believe you cannot exist, that humans are the pinnacle of creation, that they are making the miniature choices that God made at the beginning of creation. 95% of quantum physicists talk like this. They talk about us being immersed in love waves, made of love waves. So quantum physics also is considered to be one of the most, not one of, considered to be the most accurate fundamental of sciences. So when you mentioned in the beginning about Newtonian versus quantum, quantum is a way of looking at our spiritual nature, looking at our 99%. And you want to bring home the fact that our spiritual nature, our mind, our thinking, feeling, choosing, that's our spiritual nature, is changing the physical body. Well, we're seeing this from science. We know this instinctively from being just being human. We know this from reading the Bible. We know that what we think impacts. What we have is evidence in science to help us to make this decision to make that quantum leap. Newton was a believer in God, and he, his work was brilliant in helping us understand the scientific method and understanding the 1%. And he was actually very clear in his writings that we're not understanding the whole human with quantum, with, with Newtonian physics. We're understanding what we call classical. We're understanding the 1%, but it's not the whole human. We need quantum to understand the whole human. And that's where Einstein came in as well with a lot of his work he did in crossed over both quantum and Newtonian physics, the 1% and the 99%. So 99 is the quantum. And I talk about the 99% spiritual nature of humanity and of the world we live in. And then physical nature, we're talking about quantum. When we talk about the 1% brain body and all the physical that we see in our world, we're talking about classical Newtonian physics. Both are valid. Both work together. But you can't use one at the exclusion of the other. Quantum meets physical, Newtonian physical physics, and physical physics, <clears throat> excuse me, meets quantum. And what a lot of mistakes have been made in the church world is that they just want to look at the physical and be super spiritual and so, so spiritually minded they know earthly good. I'm sure you've heard that quote before. And then on the other side, you get scientists that want to be so focused on the physical, and not even just scientists, but just people in general, thinking that the body is it. I mean, when it comes to sleep, if you are not, if you just get your diet right and get your exercise right, it's not going to get and get off the screen before you go to bed. It doesn't guarantee you're going to sleep. Your mind is the main factor in sleep. Your mind is the main factor in digesting food. Your mind is the 99% factor in everything about who you are as a human. Wow. I I couldn't agree more. And it makes me want to just remind every patient that's listening to this and, and definitely the general public. Do not walk into a physician's office and expect them to fix you, natural, naturally or pharmaceutically. Um, anyone who just focused on the natural physical, that's the 1%. It's impossible to be truly well. And my definition of well is symptom-free, and you don't need a doctor. Go be who God made you to be and, and go fulfill your destiny, knowing truly who you are you're, from an identity standpoint, knowing who you are, and go do that. And don't even think about a doctor. You shouldn't have to ever think about a doctor. But that kind of wellness obviously can't come if you don't um, work on the 99%. And that, again, is why we brought Dr. Lee Fawn to data to help people understand how important this is, but then also to point you to the resources she has. And I know we don't have a lot of time left, just a few minutes, Dr. Leith, but... Um, Switch on Your Brain is a book that I've read many times. We have a stack of them downstairs um, at our front desk in my office that we recommend patients get. Uh, you have a number of books, though, and other resources. You mentioned the app. If someone has, is listening to this episode and it's resonating with them and they want to address this, um, 
lay out in just, a, if you can, in like three or five minutes, um, what's the path forward? What do you recommend someone does that wants to pursue this? They want to um, deal with that 99% in a righteous, um, truthful, biblical, scriptural way. What's the next step? Well, thank you so much that you, uh, you, you've got the, your patience reading the book. The more people we get understanding the mind, the better the world will become. Um, basically, I have, I have so many books. I have 17 books. We have Bible studies. We have study groups. We have online links. The, if you go to our resource section, drleaf.com, you'll find um, a lot of support there and a lot of help there. Um, I, I, what I do at the moment, I'm foremost recent book. Or my foremost recent books, I call my mind toolbox, and that along with the app. So it's five five um, basic resources that I believe are extremely easy to apply and extremely easy to use. And the one is switch on your brain, as you've mentioned. The other one is the perfect you, which has got um, some of my profiles in that help people understand the unique way they think, feel, and choose, and all this quantum stuff we were speaking about. Um, then I've got a book called Think and Eat Yourself Smart, which has the the only rule I have in there for eating is eat real food mindfully. So I talk about the concepts, and I know it's what you talk about too. Basically, what real food is, and then I but I go heavily in that book into the mind component that, because eating is a mind thing. So for example, your pancreas doesn't secrete the required neuropeptides that are needed for assimilation and digestion unless your mind is right. So in that book, I address the mindset. I address what like eating processed food does to the brain and the thinking and I have 12 tips in there for and I, and I know it aligns with what you're teaching but you'll see that the majority of my tips are mind based then I have my most recent book which is Think, Learn, Succeed and that one basically addresses the mindset that we need to renew our mind too which is basically how we should wake up in the morning and face life, like you know you're going to face people, someone's going to frustrate you today or worry you today or whatever we need to have a forgiveness mindset we need to have a good stress mindset, which is what we spoke about in the very first question, how to make stress work for you. So it's kind of a, a 15 second thing that you do in the morning when you wake up. Um, and in that book, I also address the current state of what technology has done to our mind. And I talk about how to build memory effectively through my five-step process and the importance of you can't change in, in one day. You, it takes 21 days to build a long-term memory and it takes 63 days to form a habit. So all my programs are based around the five-step process that I developed in my brain research on neuroplasticity over the years and have refined over the years on how to manage your mind. So there's five basic steps that you use to manage your mind, and those five steps are built into the Switch on Your Brain book but, and then into my most recent book, um, the Switch on the, the Think, Learn, Succeed, and then in the audio-driven app, Switch on Your Brain. That's called Switch. It's basically called Switch. It's on Google and iTunes. Um, you can just Google Switch on your brain and the Switch app will come up. And in there is an ongoing resource where I walk people through all these principles that we've been talking, but in bite-sized chunks and help them set up a daily program for doing the five steps, which are how you learn to self-regulate, renew your mind every 10 seconds, all that stuff we've been speaking about. It's the how-to of doing that. And in that, there's, there's a lot of other resources as well. So I always recommend people try and get the Mind Toolbox, which is the four books, and the Switch app. They work beautifully together. And then we have a lot of podcasts and blogs and, you know, the normal stuff that everyone has. And in, we even have built into our, our Switch app, I've built in resources, like if you're in a panic attack, what do you do? So it's like a guided meditation on how to manage a panic attack. And, you know, all these things are being added and whatever. So, yeah, they go to drleaf.com. They can get a handle on all these resources. And we've just, we've also, last thing is we've also got um, study groups. So I mentioned that as well. So for every book, like the Mind Toolbox, so for the perfect you or for Switch on Your Brain or Think, Learn, Succeed or um, Think and Eat Yourself Smart, we have a workbook and a DVD link. So, and it's a nine-week program, so people can do study courses together. Um, it's, there's lots of resources on YouTube. I have a TV show on YouTube as well and, and a podcast. And I highly recommend all those. I can tell you the switch on your brain, 21-day brain detox, um, those have helped me. My point is everyone needs um, to deal with these um, issues of thoughts that aren't lined up with the truth. And these resources, in my opinion, are the best way to do that. So I encourage everyone to go to drleaf.com and check those out. And I'm really excited to know you have that app. I didn't know about that, so I'll have to check that yeah, that's, out. That's 
new. We just released that a couple of months back, and it's being it's constantly being it's great because you, it's constantly being upgraded. You know, new things added, and the twenty one day detox you referenced, the online program, the switch app is the is the that on steroids. So it's like the new version, and it's now audio driven, and it's so much more dynamic and organic. And we've taken feedback from people using the twenty one day detox, which has been we have hundreds of thousands globally using that, and we've taken the feedback from them. We've built in it in now to literally a hold your hand process so and those those that that 21 day detox you can still get access to through the app so things so so we've really try to help people really really manage this process and you know it doesn't take long once you've got this under control once you understand the principles the app trains you in everything and you you basically spend 15 minutes a day to train yourself to live a lifestyle of mind management it's you know then everything else then they'll listen to you they'll apply your wisdom that you give them in, in your practice and everything they're learning on a day-to-day basis, which is really amazing. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.